Turn, if you would, tonight to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 12 is where we're going to be this evening. I wrestled with whether or not to preach this message tonight because there is, I don't know, a sense of mixed feeling in my heart about uh, what I'm about to preach. I told Susie there is a desire, and I don't know if it's of the Lord or if it's just of my own spirit, but there's a desire to share with the entire church what I taught this morning in Sunday school. But then there was a part of me that thought, why would you subject the people in Sunday school to the same thing uh, tonight? And so, uh, anyway, I just want you to know that I'm going to try to be as clear-minded and as focused on this as we can be, but uh, maybe at another time I'll have liberty and only those in Sunday school know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyways, I hope this is a help to us, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started. Father, it is good to be in your house tonight, and Lord, I am, uh, I am so thankful for this time that we have together. I know, Lord, that we could be many different places doing many different things but obviously we have chosen to be in your house tonight, and I am praying that this time would be profitable for each of us. I am praying that this would be a help to each of us. God, I pray that you would help us to approach this sermon with the right spirit, with the right heart, with an ear that is ready to hear, uh, with a mind that is willing to receive, and Lord, that you would use this again to help us in the days to come. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin tonight by talking about something that I am positive I have talked about in the past. As I've said before, I don't desire to be repetitive, but sometimes the nature of it demands it. At the same time, I want you to know that I am not looking for any kind of sympathy because I know that what I'm about to convey to you Many of you can identify with what I'm about to say in different areas of your life, okay? So as I stand before you tonight, don't assume that I think I'm the only one who deals with this, that I'm the only one who, who I would say, struggles with this, though I don't know that it's a struggle. It's just something that all of us have to deal with at different times in our lives. So it's somewhat personal, but I think you can make the connection uh, to yourself as we go through this. So what is it tonight that I want to share with you that relates to tonight's message? Well, tonight you understand that I am the pastor of the church. I know that that's obvious. I know that we're all aware of that. And so for lack of better words, I would describe it like this. You've heard it described like this, I'm sure, for different areas of life that that is the hat that I wear for much of my life. Again, the professions that you are in, we might say that you wear this particular hat. And so as a pastor, that is the hat that I wear. And for me, that is a hat that I don't get to take off very often. Whenever I'm at the church, obviously I'm the pastor and I'm the preacher, and I have to have the pastor-preacher hat on. Uh, you would expect nothing less than that from me because of the position. As that is so, you understand this as well. 
that whenever we go out to eat sometimes with church family, the hat has to stay on. Whenever I'm in the community, because we've been here long enough, there are many people who know us, and so I have to be mindful of the fact that I am a pastor and I am a preacher, and people know that, and there may be people who know that that I don't even know are aware that there are people who are aware of my position that I may not be aware of, and so I have to be mindful of that. You understand what I'm saying? That is, that is a responsibility that I get to carry more times than not. So all that being said, there are very few places where I get to take that hat off and just be Kyle. Just be me. So what are you talking about? Well, I would just say it like this. Whenever I walk into the door of our home, unless we have company there, I get to just be me. I don't have to be Brother Kyle to Susie, and I don't have to be Brother Kyle to the kids. I just get to be the husband, and I just get to be the dad. So in a sense, and again, you understand this, inside the home is where you would see the purest picture of who I really am. I'm not wearing the hat. I'm not mindful of that position or that responsibility or that role. So inside the home, that is the purest perspective that you can get of who I really am. Whenever I get to go to my parents' house... I don't have to be Brother Kyle to my parents. I just get to be their son. I get to go inside. I get to relax. I get to lay on the couch. I get to, to tell my mom what I want to drink, and she gets it for me. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. I, I love just being Kyle, baby, at the house. That's, that's what I like. So you get a pretty good picture of who I am at my parents' house. I've probably mentioned this before. I don't mean to labor this. I just want us to see this. But we've got some friends in Springfield that we've known now for over 20 years. And whenever we get with them, they have no reverence for my position whatsoever. It's not that they disrespect me, but they just don't care that I'm a pastor. So I am Kyle. Susie is that. She is Susie. And with them, we are just a normal family. Again, in that setting, you get to see a more pure picture of who I am, of who Susie is, of who the children are. Whenever I'm not worried about the role, whenever I'm not worried about the responsibilities of a pastor, of a preacher, that is when... My purest person is seen. Now, this evening, I want you to think about this truth. That every one of you have areas in your life where you have to have this certain hat on. And with this hat comes a role and a responsibility 
that keeps you on guard, that keeps you maybe at an arm's distance from certain people, and they're not really able to see who you are. Would you admit to that? It is true. Now, now don't let this make you nervous. I'm just saying there are certain environments where you're not going to let yourself be completely you. But there are areas in your life where all the guards, where all the, the, the I don't want to call it facades, but where, where all the protection, so to speak, of who you are and your image is able to be dropped, and you're just able to be yourself, whatever it is that it is. Now, I'll just go ahead and say this. I'll probably mention more about it in a couple of moments. The question could be, shouldn't it be exactly the same? Well, you would think, but you know as well as I do, it's not always the exact same. That's not necessarily a bad thing. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, I'm just saying this. Sometimes I'm pretty goofy with the kids. And I'm not going to let you see that side of me on purpose. Because if you saw how goofy I am with the kids sometimes, you might say, huh, he's goofy. Well, right. That's why I don't ever let you see that. Because it might affect your image or your thoughts of me. So again, it doesn't mean it's bad that there are some inconsistencies, but there are those moments in life that you have to protect yourself, you have to protect the image, so to speak, but over here you get to be completely who you are. And that says much. Now why mention that? Well, tonight I want us to look in Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse number 22. We're going to cover, in a sense, a a large portion of Scripture, but we're not going to look at all of it in great detail. But I just want us to understand a little bit of the context tonight. So as we look in verse number 22, here is what it says. It says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. So there is this person brought to Christ. The scripture says that he is possessed with the devil, and because of this possession, he is both blind and dumb. It says of Christ, in relation to this one who was possessed, that he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. So obviously this is an amazing miracle that took place, is it not? Here is one who is possessed by a devil. He is blind. He is unable to speak. And because of the power of Christ, the devil is cast out. And this man is able to both speak and to see. So in verse number 23 it says, And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But notice in verse number 24, the Pharisees were present. So in verse number 24 it says, But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. 
So after this amazing miracle is done, after this amazing miracle takes place, and the Pharisees hear of it, of the Pharisees learn of it, it says, as they heard it, here is what their response was, that the only way Christ could accomplish this is if he cast this devil out with the power of Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Now, to them, that made perfect sense, did it not? I mean, obviously it did, or they would not have expressed such a thought or such an opinion. It made absolute perfect sense to them, or that was the best defense anyways that they could come up with. But, but here is what we know, is that Christ began to, to confront their thoughts and their statements. So it says in verse number 25, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. So Christ is going to continue or, or, or deal with the Pharisees and what's been said. And there is so much in this portion of Scripture that could be dealt with. It really could be a several-week study just in this portion of Scripture. But what I want us to do tonight is this, is I want us to jump down to verse number 31. I'm sorry, I want us to jump down to verse number 33. And here's what Christ says. He said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. He said, for the tree is known by his fruit. So this is what Christ says to the Pharisees in relation to all that's gone on now in this moment, in this miracle. Here is what Christ said in the last part of verse number 33. For the tree is known by his fruit. What does that statement mean? It means exactly what we think it does, right? You can know what kind of tree you are looking at by the kind of fruit that is on the limbs or the branches of that particular tree. You and I would never be looking at a tree with apples hanging from the branches and say to ourselves, I wonder if this is a pear tree. We would know that it was an apple tree based upon the fruit that was on the branches. We would never look at a tree that had the oranges hanging off the branches and say to ourselves, I wonder if this is a peach tree. No, we knew exactly what it was. We'll always know exactly what it was based on the fruit that is being produced by that tree. So he says, the tree is known by his fruit Always, every single time, the fruit bears witness to what the tree really is. So in verse number 34, it says this, O ye generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good tidings? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. We're familiar with this. We know this. I know that what I'm about to share with you tonight is, is not anything new, but I want us to see this. Christ said to the Pharisees, based on what was said by them, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. 
What does that tell us? It tells us this. That just like whatever fruit comes from the tree, identifies the tree, the words that come out of our mouth identifies what is in our heart. There is no denying the connection. There is no denying the correlation. What comes out of a person's mouth is a direct representation of what is in our hearts. We need to be reminded of this sometimes, that what comes out of our mouths is a direct reflection of what is in our heart. He goes on to say in verse number 35, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So all Christ is saying to the Pharisees and all who would have been listening in that moment, all Christ is saying is this, is that when there is a good man or a godly man, it is out of the good treasure or out of the good storehouse, so to speak, of the heart that bringeth forth the good things. And an evil man or an ungodly man, it is out of the storehouse or the treasure of that evil heart that brings forth evil things. So do we see what Christ is saying to the Pharisees in relation to what they have said? Christ has said this, that what you have spoken identifies what is truly in your heart. Just like the fruit bears witness to what kind of tree it is, what comes out of our mouth bears witness to what is in our heart. It is a good treasure that brings forth good fruit, and it is an evil treasure that brings forth evil things. You cannot separate the two. They are connected, and one will always tell on the other. It's what Christ said. So as you think about that, and as I thought about it this week, this simple, simple question came to mind. What kind of things come from our mouths? What kind of things come from our mouths? Now that's a question that we might want to be quick to answer. That's a question that we might want to be quick to respond to, but but I want us to like expand that question just a little bit. And I'd like to ask it like this. What comes out of our mouth when the purest picture of who we really are is seen or made known? Are we following this? See, it's not good for me to ask the question, what is coming out of my mouth while I'm at church? 
because I'll always be more guarded about what is coming out of my house or out of my mouth at church than I will be at the house around the wife and around the kids. See, when I'm at church, I'll I'll try to be very, very careful to make sure that my words are what they're supposed to be, to make sure that they're they're seasoned in the way that they ought to be seasoned. I'm not going to let fly everything that passes through my mind. Okay, so I would love to answer the question, what comes out of my mouth when I'm at church? But what I really need to ask myself is this, is what is coming out of my mouth when I am completely relaxed and able to be me, who and what I really am. Who am I and and what is coming out of my mouth? Not when I'm at dinner with church family, but when I'm at dinner with my own family. What is coming out of my mouth? Not when I'm in town and maybe around people who I know casually, but they know that I'm a preacher and I have to be careful. What is coming out of my mouth when I'm with old friends who don't reverence my position at all? Do we realize this? That there could be a vast difference between the two. And again, it shouldn't be a vast difference. But we've got to be honest tonight and admit that it could be a vast difference. And what we've got to keep in mind tonight and what we've got to give some consideration to is this is it doesn't matter, it does not matter what comes out of my mouth from the guarded position. What matters is what comes out of my mouth when I am relaxed and who I really am. I want us to think about this. Just just give this some thought. That it's possible. It's possible and it's what it should be. That whether it be the public life or the private life. We can be kind. I want us to think about this. This is so very important. It is possible for us to be both in public and in private to be very kind with the words that we speak. It is also very possible for us to be both in private, what we are in public, for us to be positive individuals. Ones who have a positive outlook on life and and ones who want to assume the best and and see the best in people. It's possible to, to not just be this in public, but to also be in private. One who is encouraging with the words they speak. It's 
possible, isn't it? It's possible to not only be kind and positive and encouraging, it's possible to be complimentary. To be complimentary. Good job. I'm proud of you. You did great. Man, that looks fantastic. It's possible to do that and to focus on the right rather than the wrong. It's possible to be complimentary. It's possible to be sensitive, both in private and in public. It's possible to be thoughtful. It's possible to be optimistic. Let's be honest, that's what we would strive to be, I think, when we're on guard. I mean, really, that's what I want to be. I want to be kind, I want to be positive, I want to be encouraging, I want to be complimentary, I want to be sensitive, I want to be thoughtful, I want to be optimistic. You're saying, well, Brother Kyle, you're just reading the words you put on your notes. I I know because I thought about these things. This is what I want to be with my words. This is what I want to come forth from my life. But here is what I know. If I'm not careful when I am completely relaxed, whenever I am at my purest form and not worried about trying to impress anyone, here is what I know. I know that I can struggle to be the things that I want to be and the things coming from my life are not what I would really want them to be. So what do you mean? Is it possible to have a very kind public presence, but to be a very unkind individual when you don't have to worry about what it is you're saying to certain people? This is important. You know, it's just me and Susie. I want to be kind. I want to be thoughtful. I want to be all these things. I want to be kind. But if I'm not careful, I can get very relaxed and be very unkind in the words that I speak. To be public... Or to be in public and to be positive, but in private to be very negative. We're not talking about the guarded position any longer. Have you ever found that sometimes you're a little bit more negative? in private than you would be in public? Rather than encouraging, you find yourself to be discouraging. Rather than complimentary, you find yourself being critical. Think on that one for just a moment. You wouldn't begin to express these thoughts to this person's face. You wouldn't begin to express this out loud in certain areas. But when you're finally in that relaxed state, isn't it amazing how critical we can become sometimes? 
critical of this, we're critical of this, we're critical of this, we're critical of this person, we're critical of this family, we're critical of this situation. Again, we wouldn't have the nerve to say it to their face, but once we get into our comfy spot where we don't have to to play the part anymore, it is amazing if we're not careful how critical we can become. Instead of sensitive, we find ourselves indifferent. Rather than being mindful of what the person is going through with our words, we let it be known very clearly. We're not too worried about the situation. Rather than thoughtful, we're unthoughtful. Rather than optimistic, we're pessimistic. Rather than assuming things are going to be good and things are going to be okay and things are going to be fine, we can see every possible failure scenario known to man. I don't know if I'm the only one who struggles with this. But I know for myself, with the words that I speak in a public forum, I'm going to be very careful, I'm going to be very guarded, I'm going to be very protective of what comes out of my mouth. Not that I get it right every time, but I'm just saying it's something that I work very hard on, and if I'm not careful, in those places of comfort in those places where I don't have to to play the part what comes out of my mouth can sure be different than what I would otherwise say in a public forum again should it be that way Well, of course not. But how many of us tonight could deny the struggle? I don't know that many of us could deny the struggle. You just have a different level of comfort with this person than you do this person. And we just find ourselves saying things with this person that we would never say with this person. Tonight I want us to think about two things and we'll begin to wrap this up. But I want us to think about this. First and foremost, I don't think most of us think about what's coming out of our mouth near enough. I didn't say all of us. I just said I think that's true of most of us. I think most of us, when we're engaged in conversation, especially in the comfortable areas of life, I don't think we think about what's coming out of our mouths near as much as we ought to. And that's why some of us, if not many of us, can find ourselves saying many things that we would never say again in a different venue of our lives. 
So that's the first thing that I want us to, to give attention to is that, that we don't think about things enough as to what's coming out of our mouths. And, and I would just say this, we ought to. We ought to give it a lot of thought. But the second thing that I want us to think about is this. Is we need to be reminded that what Christ said is this. What comes out of our mouth is a direct reflection of who we are on the inside. Now, we don't mind, as I've said before, we don't mind admitting that when it's good. If we've said something kind, if we've said something thoughtful, if we've been encouraging, if we've been positive, if we've been sensitive, if somebody said, man, that is really a reflection on your heart, boy, none of us would would shrink away from that and say, no, it's not, no, it's not, I'm really a jerk on the inside. We wouldn't do that, right? But, But let the negativity come. Let the critical spirit come. Let the unkind words come. Let let the indifferent words come. And and let somebody say, man, your heart is ugly right now. You know what most of us would say? No, it's not. No, that's not my heart. Well, you're being critical, you're being negative, you're, you're being insensitive, you're, you're being indifferent, you're being all these things. That is a reflection of your heart. Here's what most of us would say. No, it's not. That's not who I really am. And you know what Christ would say? It is exactly who you are. Amen. Because just like a tree is going to bear the fruit that it is, What comes out of our mouth is nothing less than the fruit of what is in our hearts. I'm just saying, I I think many times when we're in that unprotected environment, that unguarded environment, things are said that we're not even thinking about. And we need to think about it. Because if it's not what we would want said in public, it probably ought not be said. And when it's negative and it's critical and it's harsh and it's unkind, when it's all these different things, it reveals who we really are. So we've got to ask this question. What's coming out of my mouth? What words come out of my mouth when all the the protection is gone and I'm just me? Is it really as lovely as we'd like to pretend that it is? I don't know about you, But I was challenged this week that I've got a whole lot more to work on. I've said before, cursing, that's not my issue. 
Dirty jokes, it's not my struggle. But I can sure be critical. I can sure be rude sometimes. And that's a reflection of my heart. Much more could be said of this, but I want us to just think about this as well, and then we'll be done. Notice in verse number 36 what Christ said. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Isn't this an amazing thought? That you and I will give an account for every word that we've spoken? Kind of makes you want to be quiet sometimes, doesn't it? You have to give an answer for that? Not just the guarded words, the unguarded words. Not just the words that we protected very carefully, but the ones that we just let fly without any real thought associated with it. We're going to give an account for every idle word. And it's by our words that we're justified, declared righteous, or condemned. Now, I don't believe that that means that our words is what saves us or condemns us. I don't think that's that at all. But, but what I do believe is this. Our words have great impact on our testimony. Not just the public words, but the private words as well. So I'm going to ask this one more time. What's coming out of our mouth? Not just when we're guarded, not just when we're careful. What is coming out of our mouth when we're completely relaxed and not worried about anything? We need to think about it because that reveals who we are on the inside. No, it doesn't, someone says. Christ says, yes, it does. There's no arguing it. There's no denying it. What comes out is a reflection of who we are. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. Lord, as I just stated a moment ago, I, I say again that I was without question challenged as I put this message together. I was convicted. And Lord, things were brought to my attention that I know need some attention. God, I pray that you would help each of us to be honest before you. That it really matters who we are, especially in our words, not just in public, but in private. And we need to be careful. Lord, if there are things that people in this room tonight need to work on, I pray that you'd help us to have the willingness to do so so that the heart can be right, so that the fruit can be what it's supposed to be. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.